Radio TFS, episode number 130, or 130 in some places in the world. This is Greg Duncan. And I'm Gordon Beaming. Hey, Gordon, it's good to have you on the show. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, every week. Uh, almost make it and then don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad to have you on. Otherwise, I'd be flying solo with our guest. Um, and, and while that would be cool and would give me a lot of airtime, I, I really am glad to have you on the show. Yeah, it's awesome to be back again. Good, good. Um, so speaking of guests, we're, we're coming to you a little late because we had to um, adjust our schedule to get him in because we really wanted him on. I can't believe we've never had him on the show before. And and then his schedule changed. So we were going to do it last week. Then I got sick and I'm still sick. And so we shifted to this week. So we're like all for schmurgled and our our cadence is messed up. But uh, still, we're bringing him to the show. We're fighting through Skype madness. And um, who are we bringing to the show? Who is it? Mr. Buck Hodges. Buck is the director of engineering for Visual Studio Team Services and Team Foundation Server. He joined the team at the start of Team Foundation Server and spent the first three years building the version control feature for the first version of TFS, which was a codename Hatteras. Then was the lead of TFS build team before becoming a development manager. Prior to Microsoft, he wrote firmware for electricity meters at ABB and business reporting software at SAS, the software company, not the shoes or the airline. Uh, Buck, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm really happy to be on the show today. How can we have never had you on the show before? I don't know. I kind of hide in my office. I, I don't get out a whole lot. <laughs> Well, I see you like on on the mailing lists and everything else. You're, you know, virtually, it seems you're very out there. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, I I don't, uh, I don't go to many conferences and that sort of thing. So I I guess in that sense, uh, a little little harder to find, but always available online. That was funny. I was actually looking at Channel 9 for, you know, sure that you had been in some events or recording and stuff. It's like, wow, he's not here. Yeah. At best, you would have found, uh, I think on Channel 9 would be the, presentation i did at the build conference in 2012 uh <laughs> where i talked about you know how we how we work and how things have changed and so forth um but yeah I've, I've i've only done a handful of of public presentations so i go see customers i talk to customers a lot of do stuff online but um not not so much on on conferences Great. Well, we're going to do the news. Uh, we're going to try to go through these really fast because we want to spend most of the show talking with you on it. But there's been we haven't been on for a while. There's some interesting news items that are up and uh, we definitely want to share it with everybody. So the first item is that we have a update one RC available for TFS. Woo! Uh, Brian posted it on his blog. We've got like the next three posts are all from Brian. Uh, this one is the RC one update, which is go live. Yep. And um it's actually the best part of this post is this a bitmap on it, which will of course have the links in the show notes for everybody to see this. But it's a cool matrix about how you upgrade from one version of TFS up to 2017 and the different steps you have to go through. Like from 2012 and 13 and 15, you can jump right to 2017, assuming your server infrastructure and everything is uh, matches the requirements. But for 2005. If, if there's some of you out there with TFS 2005 and you're kind of wondering, how do I get to TFS 2017? This guide will show you how. Yep. And our, the RC1 uh, update, as you said, is is fully go live, meaning uh, you can go install it and run it in production. Uh, in fact, I'd love to have as many people as possible install and run it in production. Um, I, I love getting feedback from people on on the, the pre-releases uh, so that we can make sure we ship a, a great final release. Yeah, I had to laugh. I, I had just seen this. I, I'm 
been working remote a lot recently due to uh, medical issues with my wife. And um, but I've got a DevOps guy at work, Oscar, I've talked about before. And Oscar, I know you're going to listen to this too. And, and as soon as this thing came out, he was all chomping at the bit. Hey, Greg, let's install this. L- let's get this out there. Let's let's install it. I'm like going, oh, but we'll probably go for it because we're still evaluating our upgrade process to 2017. So we've got the box there and it's just waiting. And it's got a backup of our, or restored backup of our production data. So it's kind of pseudo productions. Uh, so I think we'll have him go for that. And uh, I think that'll see be how that goes. I think it'd be a great idea. Of course, I could not agree anymore with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So God, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gordon. All right. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, people are going to ask what's new. In this, and here's here's so much for me going fast to the news items. We're five minutes on the first one, but uh, <laughs> the list of updates in just this update one. In Brian's word, it's a crazy long list, but it's the new personalized account homepage, tons of pull requests, npm report for the package management, test impact analysis, versioning for build and release tasks, and much more. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking at it. You know, RC1, go for it. Yep. Yeah, also, man, my biggest driver for wanting to install it is that, that new account homepage. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so awesome for like discoverability of like, what do I have outstanding? Um, before it's like, well, where are my pull requests? It's like, well, I think I had some in this repo and I think I had some in this other collection in this other place. And that's what just brings all that to you. It's quite cool. Yeah. Uh, they've also did a um, VSTS update on January 25. And uh, they talk, they introduced the new delivery plans. And I've got another post in a little bit to talk about this. But this goes almost like what you were saying, Gordon. It's a roll up. Yeah. It's, I, I really love that um, the team is doing this, Buck, and, and that we're going that this whole project silo thing that we were dealing with for forever mm-hmm. is breaking down and we're seeing so much more roll up. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Really give you vision, yeah, visibility across the the greater set of projects. Yeah, and PM's been asking me for this. Like, when we'll be able to get something like this, um, they they always want to see that bigger picture, what it looks like for all their teams across a couple of sprints. And obviously, all the teams are like, "Well, I work the way I work," and, and this delivery plan is quite cool. They had like effortlessly um, sort of surfaces that data for the the more business people. Another cool thing that, well, another cool thing I think uh, in this update um, <laughs> is the mobile view. So, um, Greg, have you ever clicked on a link uh, from your email and then gone to this big page that you have to scroll around to try to use the workout and <laughs> form? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's a nice mobile view. It's really easy to use. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that came up at the MVP Summit. We we got the early view of that. So it's great to see that moving forward. And I remember the discussions that the work item view is going to be first and then it's going to continue on through. It's, it's a new mobile world. Yeah. And then, um, yes, talking about mobile, yeah, and mobile is sort of open, I guess. Um, the next news item <laughs> there you go. is the, the VS test platform. So it's been open sourced recently. Um, so that's on Brian's blog. Um, it's, it's yesterday, which was 10 days ago yesterday. <laughs> um, that's quite cool. Um, lots of, lots of people, um, obviously contributing in the open source space. And I think, I think it's brilliant that, um, the framework, uh, sort of level tools get open source because, I mean, we've seen, uh, what's happened with .NET Core, how the, the community sort of just driven that. I mean, it would be great to see, I mean, the rest of our Visual Studio tooling, um, sort of moving in that same, 
uh, space with the, the energy as well. I agree. I was very excited to see that. That was great news. Other things. Um, we were talking about the delivery plans. We have a whole new uh, post here from Derek Fu that talks explicitly about what this delivery plans thing is. So if, uh, if uh, Gordon sparked your interest in this, we'll have the links in the show notes. You'll want to go check that out. And yeah, um, our next next uh, well next story slash link is um, about migrating from TFS to VSTS. So I mean, there's been a lot of I've seen a lot of blogs at least about how you can migrate, and there's always I'd say loose guidance on on doing it. Um, <laughs> we've, we've seen a couple of tools that attempt to do it, and yeah, on the official Team Services page, there's a, a full guide of how you can migrate into VSTS. Uh, from yeah, I, yeah, I honestly came out in this by accident. I, I can't remember exactly how, but it was like something very not ALM ish. Maybe it was like on Reddit or something, and it just just came out. It's like, oh my god, there's like a, an entire guide here, as well as uh, you know, tools to help you make it happen. So, and, and given I, I want to move to VSTS. I love TFS, but I am so jealous of the constant cadence and updates. Yeah, and, th- and this this import process we have now is is fantastic. Um, I, you know, as Gordon was saying earlier, all all of the other options have a variety of drawbacks. Um, and this one really is: you take uh, a detached collection, you detach a collection, take a backup of, of it, and and upload it. And we bring in all your data, so your your dates on your change sets and commits and builds and work items and so forth, all that stuff's there. Um, and it's, it's set up properly. Uh, it's a very high fidelity move. Um, highly recommend it. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you come join us, Greg, move into the cloud. (laughs) I believe me. I would, I wish I could. Our industry, I'm in the legal industry and our clients are, uh, extremely leery of anything cloudy, but I, I believe that is slowly changing. We're actually moving to Office 365 for email for, mm-hmm. you know, in-house and stuff and SharePoint online. So I think the wall is starting to break down and they're starting to see the light. We'll, we'll have to see where that goes. But yeah, I love TFS. I love the thought of having an on-prem server, but I also hate having to do the updates. Yeah. And, and, and being in VSTS, the updates are handled for you. You're always on latest. Um, you, you never have to sit there and go, wow, sure wish I could use that feature. <laughs> and um, you, you don't have to, to handle backup restoration. I mean, we, we handle uh, backing up your data for you. In fact, there's a great paper um, that uh, Jeff Beeler wrote. It's um, the VSTS what do they call it? VSTS security white paper or something like that. Um, I can give you the link uh, for the show, show notes. And it, it's a great uh, place to understand exactly you know, how we handle data, um, what's encrypted, um, how all that stuff is handled, how we do the backups. All that kind of stuff is, is in that paper. Um, so it, you know, I, I am super excited, of course, about having a migration that's really smooth to allow people to pull uh, – to pull them into the cloud from uh, TFS and um, get people out of that, you know, situation where everybody's in now with TFS. It's like, yeah, okay, do I upgrade? Okay, if I've got to upgrade, do I have to upgrade SQL? Do I have to upgrade my version? Yeah. Like all those little questions, they're all gone. All this stuff's <laughs> gone. So. so this article just came out. It's a Visual Studio Team Services Data Protection Overview. Uh, looks like it was last updated on the 25th. Yeah, it's been out for a while, um, but okay. it is constantly updated. 
So I'm glad you found it. Good. Yeah, we'll definitely put that in the, in, in the show notes, and, and I'm going to email that around to a number of people at work, and and, and we'll see. I mean, it's just it seems silly to have stuff on prem like that when it's not you know core to your business. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I always send guys uh, stuff. It's like, I mean, the delivery plans a typical example i send them i'm like oh look look how awesome this is and they're like awesome when when you're installing it i'm like yeah <laughs> in the next update hopefully <laughs> it's like you, you're always like just gazing into the future knowing what is coming your way you just don't have it yet <laughs> yep and we have more and more enterprises coming on board um there's another page which has a list of, of some of the case studies that have been done uh, with companies like Shell, uh, which, you know, of course, is a huge company, uh, Alaska Airlines and, and more. Um, and we've got a, a whole queue of, of case studies uh, that we're going to be producing here uh, this year. So um, lots of big companies moving in to the cloud, into VSTS. <laughs> That's cool. It's very cool. Oh, Super exciting. Jealous. So well, we're talking about TFS. Now we're going to go back to on-prem. And you have TFS 2015 at home at work and it's on-prem and you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to update it. What are, what are the features in 2017 that really bring me forward? And, and let me tell you, yeah, all of them. But, uh, I, I think this one, and I've used this twice. Remember, I, I just mentioned our test setup. I, I've used this feature twice already and it's something that's almost impossible to do now. It's the code search feature. This could be that one single feature. That when you see it or when you use it, it will be the driving thing to upgrade your 2015 to 2017. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, lo I love how this thing works. Yeah, so, I mean, we used to use before, and it was, it was so painful. And uh, we used uh, something called OpenGrok, which indexes uh, indexed our code. But then we would like pull down the latest branch every night, and it would index it then. So the code you're looking at is always a day old. And now with, um, and we also only pulled sort of like our, our trunk branch, uh, into the index. Um, now with, um, everyone going to Git, I mean, there's new repos popping up every other day. So like the maintenance of adding that to Grok and then it also only indexes every night is such a mission. So when code search came out, um, like, geez, it, it changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, and not only do you get that, you get package management, which is a brand new service. Uh, so for NuGet and, and now in Update 1, also uh, NPM uh, with Node.js. Uh, but also you get a much better pull request experience. Uh, we completely revamped the pull request experience um, in uh you know, it shipped obviously first on, on VSTS, uh, but that's also part of TFS 2017. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots of, of good changes in there. Yeah, and we were talking about the uh, the work item form, that the mobile one that's available. Well, there's a new work item form in TFS 2017 as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just a boatload of stuff. Yeah, that new work item form is amazing. Like it, it it's saying like it's it, it just makes sense if if I could say it that way. <laughs> it, it's it's just like wow. <laughs> like uh, we had we had the whole like opt in opt out type thing. Uh, we we said that's uh, switch that every user could choose their own if they wanted it on. And I don't think I've seen anyone using the old form anymore. There's like this, nice. this new one just this new one just makes sense. And like small things like the discussion and like the at mentioning and stuff. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, in a conversation like this and, and you ask, you know, what should pull people forward to twenty seventeen and, and I actually have to stop and think, 
what, what was in 2015? Because since we ship every three weeks, it's like, oh, yeah, of course all this. Wait, no, this stuff wasn't there. <laughs> so uh, a lot of it gets into the updates. You know, update one and update two uh, typically are very feature rich uh, for on-prem. And then update three tends to be much more, uh, hey, let's wrap it up, fix some bugs and, and move on. Uh, and then you get, you know, a whole new wave of, of new functionality in the, in the next major release. Uh, every every on-prem release has that one feature that I that I feel that I just can't do without. So like the new landing page for for update one, and and one day in the future, hopefully, it will be the new process template stuff, so I can stop editing XML. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of that, good segue. There is there's a new roadmap for the process customization for team services that um, Mr. Hoffman wrote, but he's talking about yeah. All of those, yeah, getting out of that XML world. And uh, this was one of the things that in a, a, a uh, previously we were on Jira before we were TFS, then Jira, now version one, and we're using it corporate wide. So not just for software development, but our HR people use it and our client teams use it and they're all using Scrum and they're all using these boards and stuff. And, and you know, when I was asked, should we use TFS? Remember, this was a couple of years ago. Uh, the thought of editing the XML file, you know, and having to be that kind of gateway just, just is like, uh, you know, no, let's not. Let, let's go with something that has a web-based interface. I know the team's moving towards that, but, you know, I, I just can't see admin person tweaking XML files for workflows. And that just, ah. So seeing this, though, I, I, again, and the movement towards this gives me a great deal of hope the rolling up that we've already been talking about seeing this kind of customization web-based a, a normal human being can do it love that so we'll have um awald's post and he talks about the different things that are coming in q1 and q2 of 2017 including the rest api support that's that's cool mm-hmm. you know the fact that you're you're the team is putting that api around that whole thing so you can programmatically handle and do all of this customization. That's a nice touch. Yep. Yep. It's re- really is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great feature. Not having to screw around with the XML uh, is, is a wonderful thing. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to getting that in people's hands. Yeah, I've, I've seen some, some interesting PowerShell scripts. I mean, I saw one from Martin Hensworth like a long ago, and since then I sort of modified it quite a lot. Now I've got this weird you could probably call it like a Frankenstein template builder type thing. So I have lots of text files of XML and I sort of morph one into the other. So the, the template never really lives as a template, sort of has placeholders and then that like sort of mushes the template together just so that I don't have to like copy and paste the same things over and over and over. It's, yeah. So we're talking about process um, customization and everybody always, you know, worries about that. Uh, I've Saw this on the mailing list, and uh, Brian said it was okay to share it. Brian Harris said it was okay to share it. But he, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll read this really quick. It's amazing what happens when you have designed by committee. To a committee, no good ideas get lost, and somehow we lose the forest, in this case, literally for the trees. The Windows Devices Group at Microsoft has struggled with design committee on their work item templates for a long time. We've recently been working with them to rein it in. The first step was to evaluate their bug form. We took each field and wrote it on a postcard along with some information about who's using them and how often. And then you pin it on the wall. 
<laughs> this list is huge. It's one, two, six, eight, ten, twelve, you know, columns by a bunch of rows. They, they took it and they stacked it. And it's, it's a literally like a four inch stack of note cards. And that's just the bug work item. So, you know, <laughs> just that story about what can happen, even inside of Microsoft, you know, you always have to think when you're customizing it, really, you know, what it could lead to. Yeah. I mean, and guys always say, can the work custom forms handle a lot of fields in CFS? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you know? It's like, I've seen things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsee it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I go to sleep with a nightmare of the stack of work (laughs) item items. All right. um, One last story. Uh, This is our ALM Ranger time. We love the Rangers. Well, Willie would like to hear about what you think of the Ranger program. All right. He's got a a survey that you can run. Hopefully, is I guess, is it still open? Let me check that. I would kind of be sad if I were to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a OneDrive exchange survey thing. Um, He wants to get your feedback about what you think, uh, how they're doing and how satisfied you are with them. So, yeah, and and it's really a short form. It's still live. There's like three fields. So um, if the Rangers are doing great stuff for you, let them know. If they're doing icky stuff for you, let them know. And now, now we finally get to chat with our guest. Um, So, Buck, just like Today or yesterday, you released a uh, blog post. Uh, you talking about the blog post about the new office? Uh, the Digest. The Digest. You just did a... Uh, oh, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> so, yes, you're right. <laughs> um, so I wrote that blog post a week ago, oh, and okay. it finally got published uh, today. And, you know, it's just one of those things that slips my mind because uh, you have to submit blog posts to the Azure. So we're talking about the Azure.com uh, uh, blog and you have to submit the post uh, to be reviewed and so forth and and then it's published on a schedule and sorry I completely blanked on it but yes they told me they were going to publish it on Monday so I'm glad to hear it's up <laughs> cool and and you talk about a lot of the things that we've already been talking about today in, in the show the new uh, release management is generally available package management is generally available work item search is now in public preview and that's cool mm-hmm. uh, importing your TFS servers directly into into Team Foundations are into uh, VSTS. All that is there, and we'll have the links in the show notes. Yeah, it's 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 a great sort of roll up of of last couple of months, and it's funny in in trying to write that post. Um, you know, they 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 also don't want me to write you know three thousand words on it. So in trying to sort of trim down and say, okay, here are the key things. It it was actually really hard because this one had uh, the release that we made at the beginning of January, which was a two sprint release. It had a sprint 110 and 111 in it. And then uh, also uh, some of the stuff that we released back in November because um, I had failed to to write a, uh, uh, an update for the Azure blog on uh, in December. Um, so yeah, it, it there's a lot of stuff there. It's got a lot of great links and um, you know, it's just, there's so much stuff uh, shipping every three weeks now. It's it's funny uh, when you when you go to try to summarize it, you realize, wow, that's kind of hard. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, what does a director of engineering do? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> there's the old joke, you know, go to meetings, delete email. But uh, <laughs> I, I like to think that, that you know my job hasn't devolved entirely to that. 
Um, so for me, it's it's really a, a few things. One is you know building a great product. Um, I, one of the things I really love about working on this team is we build a product for us. Uh, we build a product for engineers. We're all engineers. We're we're part of our primary audience. So one is make sure you know we're building a great product. Another is, are we building it the right way? Um, which is say, you know, are the designs good? Uh, because whatever we build today, we're going to be building on tomorrow. And, um, you know, while certainly you, you want to refactor things when it makes sense and so forth, you at the same time want to make sure that your designs are sufficiently durable, uh, that you can continue to build on them and that you're not always having to go back and, and redo everything in order to get to the next thing. Uh, it just slows you down too much. So we want to have great designs. Um, uh, and with that uh, comes quality. Um, so I want to I want to ship a great product that people enjoy using. Uh, that's that's the designs are good, so we continue to build on them, and that the quality is high, um, which is really important because um, you know it goes without saying no, nobody enjoys using a product that that gives you problems. So it has to work really well, and quality is is its own interesting challenge in terms of you know building great automation that really exercises the product appropriately, but does so as efficiently as possible. Because, um, of course, you know, we could all go write a bunch of, of really bad tests and say, hey, we've got millions of tests, but you didn't really accomplish uh, the job. So uh, good testing is its own you know, sort of interesting engineering challenge. And then to make all that happen, you need great people. And so uh, another part of it is really um, hiring great people and certainly um, building and developing uh, the people on our team. I'm blessed to work on a, a team that's ex- uh, extremely strong, some of the best engineers I've ever met. And uh, I, I love this team and want to do everything I can to, to help make it, uh, to help people grow and, and uh, build a great product. What does the team look like? Not look like. Uh, how big in general terms is the team? Well, that's a good question. Uh, it's actually pretty large. So, um it's actually hundreds of engineers who work on team system. Uh, team system, wow, that's a blast path. Team services, <laughs> you could tell I've been around for a while. Um, but it, you know, we've got we've got engineers in Redmond, we've got engineers in North Carolina, we've got engineers in uh, India, and then we've got um, you know a smattering of people that, that who work remotely. Uh, you know, a person in Germany, a person in Turkey, a person in Boston, uh, Florida, and so forth. So. Um, it, it's a it's a large team, um, and so it's you know it's hundreds of engineers at this point. Um, it's probably on the order of I don't know what do we got about three dozen uh, different feature teams now. Uh, where you know it used to be, for example, that a feature team might be uh, version control or work item tracking, but uh, all of those are multiple feature teams themselves. Um, and so it's it's a lot uh, of people, and um, you know. It, which on the one hand is, is kind of good in the sense, you know, I was just talking about we ship a bunch of uh, great customer value every three weeks. And certainly if you have a large team, you, you, you expect you, you're going to be putting out a, a lot of stuff uh, every three weeks. And so, um, yeah, pretty big. Awesome. So, I mean, talk about putting stuff out every three weeks and I love new and shiny toys. <laughs> um, what can you, well, what are you able to share with us that's coming to sort of VSTS in the near future that, that you're excited about? Um, you know, it's, it's a good question. I mean, part of it is there's, there's stuff coming that I was looking at the, the roadmap to kind of take a look to see, okay, you know, what is it we've talked about? Because on the feature timeline page, uh, we have a yep. nice listing of, mm-hmm. of kind of what's coming. Um, one of the things that, that we're working on now 
um, that I'm really looking forward to is, is a revamp of the build and release uh, management experience. Um, the RM you know, web UI experience is, is falling behind um, you know, in terms of, of the quality of the experience. And the team's doing a great job now of, of redoing that. And build will also be uh, in that um, and brings the two together uh, a lot more, too, in terms of, uh, of the experience. So I'm really looking forward um, to that. Um, and another thing is, um, and I, and I, I don't know, I don't want my boss to get too mad at me about talking about stuff, but, <laughs> uh, but I will say we've got some great improvements coming, uh, I would say in the next six months in the Git space too. Um, uh, you know, last year we really, uh, did a lot of work to revamp our pull request experience. And I think it's a, it's a great experience. Um, we've at, we've continued to invest and add things there like one of the most recent things is for example drag and drop attachments uh into uh, pull request uh comments um so you know there's still areas uh, things that we're missing in in git for example we don't support forks um certainly we want to fix that and so you will you'll continue to see uh lots of of good and interesting work uh around git coming out here uh this year so buck what VSTS feature did you think would rock the world that you just thought was the coolest thing since sliced bread, but in the end, really just, it just didn't take? Well, that's quite the setup there with uh, uh, rock the world and sliced bread, but um, <laughs> we, we redid um, build years ago. This is before, you know, the recent redo of build um, where we based it off of workflow and XAML. And we had these visions of uh, visual editor for the build process that was all based on workflow. Um, and it was going to be highly flexible and it never panned out. And so we never got the visual editor experience. Um, editing XAML is uh, painful, to put it politely. So uh, it never panned out the way we had hoped. Um, and it was a it was a real shame. Um, so fast forward to today, uh, it, the build team... And in that particular case, by the way, I was involved in it because I was I was dev lead of, uh, of build at the time, uh, so I I take full uh, responsibility for my part in making that decision, which turned out badly. And fast forward to uh, you know over the last couple of years, the current build team has done a fantastic job of redoing it uh, yet again, but in a much much better way. And uh, everybody uses it, loves it. Um, so. We didn't get it right that that first uh, time of, of redoing it based on workflow, uh, but what we've done now is is really really good. Um, so yeah, live and learn. Well, it's almost like the, the traditional Microsoft thing, right? It takes three tries. <laughs> I guess you could say that because because before we redid it on workflow, it was all purely MS build based, which uh, had its own set of problems, which is why we redid it. So yes, I guess uh, oddly enough, that seems to apply here. And yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I saw you guys have uh, pictures of your new offices. They yes. look amazing. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, that's that's been a uh, a product a product project I've been working on for for quite a while. Uh, started working with uh, real estate almost two years ago, and um, we got to move in to the new offices uh, the week after uh, Thanksgiving. Um, they're still working on finishing certain aspects of the office, and uh, hopefully that will. Uh, come to an end here over the next month or so. Um, but yeah, it, it, the, the space is really great. It's also pretty cool. We've got a, a gym on the first floor of the building that we're in, um, which is darn convenient. So uh, for the first time ever, I'm actually going to the gym because it's <laughs> like literally right below where I sit. Uh, so there's no excuse uh, not to do it. So we talked about this cadence. 
Um, you've talked about it. What is it like behind the scenes that you can share with us? Is it madness, controlled chaos, or is it now just smooth and the way things happen? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to try to characterize it because um, as with all things, you know, nothing's ever perfect. Um, I would say, you know, when we started this whole uh, effort to move to a three-week cadence, which happened in early 2012, which is hard as to believe now is <laughs> five years ago. Um, it was, you know, fairly chaotic, uh, back then. Um, now it is, it is a part of how we work, you know, so the Monday after the sprint ends, uh, we go deploy onto scale unit zero, the, the scale unit that has our account on it. Um, and cause we always dog food first, uh, the stuff that, that we deploy, that we ship. And, um, so we, you know, it starts with that Monday and which, you know, Sometimes goes wrong, sometimes goes well, but most of the time goes well. Um, at at this point, you know, it's it's a pretty well worn uh, process. Um, so you know, if I said, "Hey, it's always smooth," uh, I'd I'd be lying to you because there's certainly you know a number of times when when things go wrong. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of where we are and and how it works, it it works it works pretty well. And we use release management, the release management service that's that's part of VSTS. We use VSTS to deploy VSTS. And yes, that means we have a backup plan. So if something goes horribly wrong and VSTS is down, we we have a way to deploy it uh, that doesn't require it to be up and running. Um, but we use every part of the product uh, that, that to to build the product. Um, it's an important uh, philosophy for us. But um, so it's a good process. We're constantly looking to improve it. Um, we've got changes coming up uh, this year. Um, like for example, we're going to move to containers, uh, in, in windows. Oh. And, um, so today we use, uh, platform as a service, uh, VMs, web roles and worker roles, and, uh, we'll be moving to containers. Um, and we're constantly looking at, you know, how do we improve what we're doing now being a big team and a big product constantly improving doesn't always mean, you know, every five minutes, right? Cause it, it takes a while for these, these changes to to be put in place. Um, but we're always looking to, to make things better. So I know you guys use feature flags a lot. Is that ever going to be like productized by any chance? You know, it's interesting. I, I don't think so now, you know, all things, <laughs> all things could be changed, but, but I don't think so. And it, for, for a couple of reasons, one is um, what we've built is very specific to how our product is built. Um, and you know, in and of itself, isn't generalizable. Uh, so, you know, if we were to actually build something that we would ship as as a feature flag, feature flags as a service, we would build it uh, differently um, to to make it more general. Um, but there's also not a whole lot of motivation to do it in the sense that um, you know, one of our partners, uh, Launch Launch Darkly, has uh, a great extension that's available in the marketplace. Um, so if you go to marketplace.visualstudio.com, you can find it there. They have actually provide feature flags as a service. And when people ask me about it, I always point, uh, point people to, to launch darkly. You can certainly build your own. Um, but you know, they've built a lot of infrastructure around not only, you know, flipping feature flags, but, you know, understanding, uh, different things about, you know, how things go, uh, when you flip them, what percentage of your population is running under, uh, one setting versus another and that sort of thing. So, you know, you can certainly save yourself, uh, potentially a lot of time and effort, uh, by ma- making use of, of what they provide. Yeah. I talked to them at uh, the last build and I was just a uh, drooling cause it's what looked really cool and really complete and thinking about as a developer, you think about, oh, that'd be easy. You just did a little flip a switch here, but there's all the other administrative stuff around it. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, that they handle and it's already available to it. So yeah, that's I, I would yeah definitely suggest that you know before you guys if you guys out there listening are looking into feature flags, go look at launch darkly. Yep. So, <sighs> so I mean, we were just talking about we're like with the cadence picking up and that. Like, it used to be so easy to sort of follow what was happening. And I find that like every year I sort of have to narrow the scope a lot more on what I focus on because there's just so much happening. Um, and I know like our LM uh, champs list is just like so busy. Like, Buck, how do you like keep up like with, with all this information? Sort of like how do you drink from the fire hose, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, sometimes I, I, I don't. I just uh, avoid the fire hose. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do a lot uh, to keep up with um, the champs alias and Twitter and a few things like that. But then I also have given up on things over time. Uh, there is an internal uh, DL uh, email group called uh, ALM Talk that uh, gets a lot of traffic um, with internal questions. And I used to keep up with it, and it's probably been in at least a year now. I just I, I, I just dropped out of it because uh, I just couldn't keep up. Um, there are also things like forums. In fact, if if you go back into the old, old days, it used to be news groups. And um, I used to answer a bunch of questions in news groups and then uh, forums when MSDN forums came around and replaced the news groups. Uh, but I stopped doing that, too, just because of just lack of bandwidth. I mean, there's just there's there's so much, you know, as you put drinking from a fire hose and um, trying to keep up with all that stuff would mean that I don't do other parts of my job that that are really important. So it's become one of those things where um, I love talking to customers. I love helping customers. I love people being successful with the products that that we build. Um, but part of that is is also uh, understanding where to spend my time and where my time is is where where am I most effective and and what is most important. So it, it comes with a balance. And so you know I, I do some of these things like uh, ALM champs and Twitter and so forth but other things I, I leave to other people um just not enough hours in the day so i'm gonna channel mickey it's been a while since mickey's been on the show but this is a question that i heard him ask one of our guests and i just love it um so i'm stealing it of course <laughs> what does a day in the life of buck look like you know it's <laughs> it's funny because there's there's a lot of uh variation in mm-hmm. sort of what uh, different days look like, but you know, part of it is part of it will be things like experience reviews, where we talk about what are we going to go build, what what is the customer experience, uh, design reviews that are related. Uh, you know, uh, one of the Git features that we're working on now. I, I sat in a um, design review uh, for it uh, last Thursday, and um, and you know, I, I, on the one hand, I call it a design review. On the other hand, it's 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 different. It's not an approval process. It's not like uh, they can't start working on something until I sign off on it. That would be crazy and, and insanely bottlenecked. Um, but at the same time, I, I like to understand, you know, how are we building things and, and provide feedback. Um, and the best of those meetings, of course, is where I come away having having learned how people are thinking about it, how we're building things, um, and where you know I and other people uh, may bring up things that the, the team hasn't thought about. So um, there are a lot of people on the team with with deep knowledge of different areas, and bringing them together in in design discussions is is a fantastic thing. So that's part of it. Um, I go look at pull requests sometimes. I send people uh, feedback on code. Um, and certainly, you know, a good chunk of my day is spent on uh, making sure the right things are happening. I mean, there's there's a certain amount that has to go into just keeping the business running. Um, 
you know, whether it's what are we shipping in, you know, TFS or VS, you know, because of course VS uh, uh, 2017 hasn't shipped yet, um, as well as the service LifeSite. Um, we have things like LifeSite review uh, meetings every week where we go through all of the LifeSite incidents that occurred in the previous week. All I should say, all Cev two, Cev Cev zero, Cev one, or Cev two uh, LifeSite incidents, and really looking to see how can we improve. You know, um, LSIs are going to happen. Um, the question is how quickly can we react to them and mitigate them for our customers, and then uh, use that as an opportunity to get to root cause, find out how we make things better, and, and go uh, act on it. Um, so it's a variety of things like that, and then. Then there's hiring too. Um, I like to participate in as many hiring loops as I can, and um, you know that that some weeks that can take a fair amount of time. Thank you for reminding me about that. I was, that was one of the things that I noticed. Like on everywhere we have a profile, mm-hmm. the the very second line is we're hiring. Here's a link to the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can you can never tell people too many times that you know if you'd like to join us. Uh, please, uh, here's, here's a page, you know, go, go to the <laughs> aka.ms slash VSTS jobs page. There you go. There's, there's my, there's my plug, uh, for, for hiring. So, yeah, but we're hiring both in Redmond and in North Carolina. Thanks for bringing that up, Greg. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh, and before I forget, LSI stands for? Lifeside Incident. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Microsoft, yeah. we do love our three-letter acronyms. <laughs> So, Buck, you've been in Microsoft quite a while now, right? Yes, yes. Uh, April, in fact, will be 14 years. Jeez. I mean, if, if you look back at, like, say, 10 years ago, looking from then now, did you ever think that Microsoft would be sort of this big open Microsoft that we we see it as today? Like, what's no, it like it, being there now? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really interesting because when I started, a, a, I never actually imagined I'd work for Microsoft um, because I didn't want to live in Seattle. Um, I wanted to work on product code. and um, well, there weren't a lot of there weren't any opportunities, let me say, uh, to do that uh, from North Carolina. And um, so it turned out Brian and I had a mutual friend. We He and I had never met, uh, but that mutual friend connected us uh, in February 2003 and we had lunch and then I interviewed in March and then I joined in April. And so for me, part of it was just, you know, sort of the most amazing thing is that I work for Microsoft at all. Um, and, and that really <laughs> comes back to just, you know. Brian's story, of course, of, and uh, I think in a previous podcast, he, he probably told you how it all came to be. And um, so when I started, you know, it was kind of ironic because my desktop OS at home was Red Hat Linux, and I did all my editing in Emacs uh, in VI. Um, and even after I started at Microsoft, I ran the Windows version of, of Emacs for a while uh, because that's what I was used to using to, to write code. Um and I switched to VS though because IntelliSense is just so amazing. Um, and you know, <laughs> even in 2003, and I'm like, wow, okay, the API is large, and this IntelliSense, IntelliSense thing is is really good. So I so I switched. But um, you know, for, for me, uh, it was kind of an irony because at the time, you know, Microsoft hated Linux. Um, I had written a lot of Java in my career. They hated Java. Um, <laughs> you know, all this stuff and. Yet at the same time, our office had such a different feel to it. Um, you know, we were renting. Uh, Brian was renting offices. Uh, uh, every other employee, so we put two people per office in this space where you could rent by the office, and it, it was really nice office space. In fact, we had startups around us. Uh, in fact, one of them uh, was Bronto Mail because they used to have these green inflatable dinosaurs hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> um, they eventually sold out to NetSuite, which uh, got bought by Oracle. Um, so hopefully, they did well. Um, 
but it was a different different atmosphere. We we would all rise into Corp, CorpNet because there was no CorpNet at our location. You put in your smart card and all your traffic went to Redmond and back, even if it was, you know, connecting to the machine next to you. Um, and you, it felt like a startup in a lot of ways in terms of how we approach things. But then you'd open Outlook and you realize, yeah, this is not a startup. There's a lot of email here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big company. Um, but it's been amazing to watch. And, um, you know, if uh, Martin Woodward were here, he could tell you all the stories about, um, you know, as as the years progressed, uh, getting into open source. And, you know, four or five years ago, when we started down this road of putting Git into TFS and into VS, um, he had lots of meetings with lawyers. Um, and it was a it was a major uh, effort to get to the point that we could do anything uh, with Git. And then you fast forward to today and, you know, Linux. Linux is awesome. Hey, go run all your Linux stuff and Docker and in whatever on Azure. Um, and we have Office on iPad and massive amounts of, of stuff uh, from all sorts of teams at Microsoft up on GitHub for open source. Um, and when somebody wants to use open source or produce open source or contribute to open source, it's such an easy process now. Um, and that's not to say there's no process because there is still some. But it's very, very lightweight. And um, so, yeah, you know, when I look back when I started in 2003 and the way things are now with respect to uh, all these things I just listed, it's dramatically different. And it's great. It's it's so much healthier, so much better. So you almost have that so, startup culture now. <laughs> do I know? I'm saying you, you almost have that startup culture now. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, uh, back in the 90s, of course, the, the company, there was all a set of cases around Monopoly and whatnot. And, um, you know, now there's it's, it's a very different landscape. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch as you know, we see different parts of, of the company produce some really great products. Um, and we are very much the aggressor just going after uh, innovative products um and anyway it's just it's just been cool i you know last uh several years in particular under under uh, satya have have been pretty amazing well we're coming to about that time of the show um buck is there anything that we should have asked you but didn't oh <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, a a big open question there um i'm i'm terrible with that sort of stuff you know <laughs> I, you know, you could have asked me, hey, have, have I ever contributed open source? And I could say, yes, I actually shipped, uh, if you will, uh, okay. sort of an open source project back in 1992 uh, wow. when I was an undergraduate uh, at, at North Carolina State University. Um, and you can still find it out there. It was a, it was called NXFTP. It was a, um, a wrapper around FTP. And I won't say it's by any stretch the best code I ever wrote. So, uh, you know, maybe I say that with a little trepidation that somebody might go look at it and go, wow, he wrote that. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I used to write a lot of X motif code uh, back when I was in college and thoroughly enjoyed writing code on, on Unix systems. Um, so. And you mentioned you're still looking at code like today. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you it's it's interesting i always tell people i will have mastered my job when i'm back to writing code and um but i don't spend time in code like i i would like to um i just i just run out of time so the closest i get these days is is uh looking at designs and looking at code um and it, it tends to be very spotty um but you know 
the reason I got into all this is, is I enjoy building things and I'm still helping building things, but in a different way. Um, but yeah, I, I, unfortunately, the last time I shipped a feature in the product uh, was TFS 2012. I, I, I built a feature for the product. And at that time, I was um, I was a director of development and uh, one of the uh, test leads on the team. And, and we no longer have tests. Today, we have combined into a single engineering discipline, dev and, and, and QA. We did that two years ago. Uh, but back then, um, the the test lead uh, about killed himself trying to find a bug in the code I wrote, and I knew he would. So it it worked out well for me because it provided a lot of motivation for me to to make it bug free. And uh, certainly he he was uh, working his tail off to to, to try <laughs> to find that bug so he could bring that, tell people about the bug he found in my code. Um, but yeah, sadly, uh, I, I can't claim any features in a while. So how can people uh, connect with you? Uh, these days, probably the best way is is Twitter. Um, you know, I, I, I got into Twitter, uh, back in September, 2011, when we launched the service, uh, at, at the, uh, build conference, I think it was called the build conference then. And, uh, we started handing out invitations, uh, to the service. People could get into the service. And at that time we didn't have enough, uh, monitoring. I mean, by compared to what we have today, it was, it was virtually nothing, uh, in retrospect, but I knew, we lacked a lot of insight into the system. We were very early on and I joined Twitter because I figured if people are going to have problems, they're going to scream at us on Twitter. And so I'll just watch Twitter to see if people complain. And sure enough, people complain about stuff that we didn't <laughs> know about. And that worked out really well. So even today I, I do that. I look for uh, feedback from people on VSTS. Um, I have some searches I, I, I run on, on Twitter. I use a, a little service called Tweety Mail. <laughs> it's uh, it's at tweetymail.com, and and I literally, and this is you, you can decide whether this is sad or, or or good, but I so much of of my world revolves around the information that flows through Outlook in one way or the other that I actually have it email me the the uh, hits on the search query. Um, and that way I can keep up with uh, what's going on. So if we have a major incident on VSTS, well, I, I see it. And I'm very happy to d- say today that the odds of somebody reporting something that we had no idea about are very, very low. Um, but when it does happen, you know, I, I like to reach out to people and let them know, hey, uh, we're working on it. Here's what we're doing. Um, and apologize, too, because, you know, I want to run a great service that, that people can rely on. And every time something goes wrong, I, you know, I feel bad about it. Uh, I, I've, I've let my customer down. And they can find that's uh, TFS Buck. Yes. On Twitter. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had some feedback that I wanted to get to. Now, it's a long email from Rod, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but he was listening to uh, New Year with Donovan Brown, and he had some points that he wanted to make. Uh, uh, you know, Donovan is, is very, you know, drive the DevOps. And he made some comments that, you know, if you're not doing DevOps, you're going to be left behind. You have to move to DevOps. And and Rod's point was, you know, there's some types of organizations that can't. State governments, uh, you know, they are, it's been a while, but I was in the army for 11 years. And, and I just can't imagine introducing Scrum into a government organization like, you know, the military, you know, apples and oranges. But I can see Rod's point. Uh, basically, what he is saying is that um, some organizations, due to regulatory, due to laws, um, can't go beyond waterfall. That sometimes waterfall is it, and it's the only thing that it's going to be. Now, the my takeaway from Rod was that, you know what, if it's working, 
then it's going to work. You know, Scrum will fail if the team's not behind it. Agile will fail. Anything safe, the scaled agile framework will fail um, if you don't have good people that are solidly behind it. On the conversely, the waterfall, all of these other things can succeed if you've got solid, good people who are interested in delivering a solid product. So, yeah, I think what I think the most important thing there is. I mean, you mentioned people a couple of times, and lots of times when when organizations try and improve their process, they're like, "Well, how can we change our process? How can we change the tools that we use?" And they don't really they don't really think about the people and like, do we have the right people? Are the people uh, like motivated correctly? I mean, Buck mentioned it earlier as well. It's like they have great people uh, working on the product and, the, and the, the people that are working on the product are very motivated. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe that it's the people that will make or break anything. Oddly enough, um, at least until our lo- robot overlords come and take us over. <laughs> 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 All right. Would you guys, would you listeners, would you like to send us some feedback? Um, you can email us radio TFS at outlook.com. We're on Twitter as well. Radio TFS. Uh, we're on Facebook slash radio TFS. Send us a voicemail. One, four, two, five, two, three, three, eight, three, seven, nine. And if it's safe for work, we can play it on the air. And I had another comment, another feedback from somebody. It was on Twitter and they asked, why do I always say if it's safe for work, we'll, we'll play it. Is that responsive to response to what it's like no it's not in response to actually anything bad that ever happened but i know you listeners out there i know the community and you guys are a bunch of jokers all right (laughs) and i know if i didn't preempt it that you guys would uh yeah we would have some interesting voicemails to say the least (laughs) so um and we're really interested in hearing from you guys um and i think that's a show uh, Mr. Hodges, thank you so much for coming on. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here, and uh, I've really enjoyed our time together. Absolutely. And Gordon, thank you for being on. Yeah, awesome. I'll try to come, up, come back more often, I guess. <laughs> good, good. We'd love to have you on. And everybody, again, thank you for listening to Radio TFS. Radio TFS.